Podcast that talks to different people from around the world about their unique beliefs, ideas, and worldviews. And I hope that in this little way, we can create a better world amidst our differences. Welcome to the Elmo Adore Difference. This is your host, Elmo Adore Jr. I have an awesome guest. He is Stan C. He is 30 years old. He is gra- he graduated from UP Diliman at with a, a bachelor's degree in broadcast communication, and he is now working at Wave 89.1 the, with the show Morning Takeover. He is also a podcaster, events host, a voice talent, and a writer. Um, Mr. Stan, uh, Stan uh, is there anything you want to uh, say to the audience before we start? Uh, yeah, I, I just want to thank you for having me, man. Uh, you know, it's always nice to talk about, uh, to, to get on a podcast as a guest. It's something different from what I normally do. So uh, if you have any questions or uh, you want to learn about uh, the work that I do, far away. Yeah, okay, so um, uh, I've actually known you to be most mostly a podcaster. And um, when it comes to podcasting, how huge is it? Or what role does it play in your life? Is it really important? Do you make um, money out of it? What is podcasting to you? Uh, podcasting is a passion project to me. Sorry, if, if you're hearing the church bells from outside, uh, the the church bells in my area ring at the most inopportune time. So, uh, I'm gonna mute myself first, so I don't have cover. And I'll answer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, again, uh, I would like to ask you. Uh, how important is your podcasting to you? Like, uh, what is a passion project, at, as you say, but um, what role does it play in your life? Yeah, I guess to answer the question, uh, yeah, podcasting is really a passion project for me. Uh, I didn't expect that I would still be doing this six or seven years after I started. We actually started in 2014. Uh, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast started at Mellow 94.7, which is the radio station I used to work for. And... Um, even before that, like 2012, palang, my dad was already telling me to get into podcasting because he knew that I love to talk about pro wrestling. So pro wrestling to me is, is theater and sports combined into one. It's athleticism with uh, entertainment as well and storytelling. And I look at it as a text and I like to read it and break it down and talk about, all right, what does this mean? What does this story mean? Or, oh, my news pala going on in the pro wrestling world. What does that mean for the industry and all that? So, you know, my dad was already telling me as early as 2012, you should start it. You should get into it. You have equipment at Mellow. Your boss will probably uh, allow you to, like, use it. If not, offer to pay for it. Pay for the production costs or whatever. So, you know, after two years of, of uh, my dad's suggestions just there in, uh, in the background, uh, I, I decided to take the plunge and ask my boss. I, I had a conversation with him and I said, oh, boss, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm interested in starting a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to make any money. Uh, it's, a v- it's a very niche thing we're going to talk about, which is wrestling. And it's on such a niche medium, which is podcasting. Because back then, nobody really cared about podcasts here in the Philippines. There were, uh, there were podcast networks that were being set up, like Wusa Studios, Wusa Boys Night Out. Um, you had NMF, New Media Factory, and a bunch of other uh, groups that were trying to make a dent in podcasting in the Philippines. But it just didn't really... Uh, resonate with people at the time for whatever reason. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out anyway. 
and and I even offered Sabosko na we're gonna pay for production costs. So like how how much will it cost to keep the lights on habang uh, a podcast kami like in Korean or whatever whatever figure you put or if we ever make money sabi ko we'll give you a cut of it because we're using your equipment. And he just said, oh you know you don't you don't need to pay me back. And I'm like talaga uh, and you know what's what's gonna be in it for you? And he said. Uh, the fact that you're going to get into podcasting means that you learn how to do audio production. And that's going to be of use to me later on. So, you know, it was an investment uh, from the perspective of my former employer. Because my skills are matututunan, and I'll be able to apply it to help the station down the road, which did happen. So, yun, uh, I, I grabbed my college friend and my, uh, my collaborator in writing, uh, Ro Moran, and we sat down and started recording Six months later, we added our third co-host, Raf Kakamos, uh, who was my, my batchmate in, in grade school and high school. So we go way back. And the three of us established chemistry and you know, we, we just kept going. Uh, it, it opened up so many opportunities for us, whether it was uh, being involved in the local pro wrestling industry in PWR or Philippine Wrestling Revolution, to being able to parlay the podcast onto a TV show on Fox, uh, to me, establishing myself uh, to have a brand. Na, oh yeah, this is the, the the guy who does radio and TV and talks about wrestling. He knows how to host events. So you know, um, all from the podcast and And I was able to host events wherever WWE superstars would come over to the Philippines. I would be the one to get to interview them, whether on the radio or at the events. Mismo, I get to interact with them in front of a crowd. So I I got to interview Cesaro who's now one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And uh, Charlotte, the daughter of Ric Flair, that was in 2016. I got to interview the big show in 2016. Uh, I got to interview Xavier Woods, and I hosted his meet and greet in 2018. Just uh, this past week, I got to do the current WWE Champion, Drew McIntyre, uh, Zoom call, much this one, uh, for an interview. So, you know, um, these two things that when I was a fan of wrestling in you know, as early as 2003, 2004, I never would have imagined that all of that would happen, but it started because of the podcast. Uh, okay, major loaded in question because uh, you said now will podcasters, uh, but here in the Philippines, uh, it, it's going to be a while, but there are steps now that are being taken to uh, for, for advertisers and for other people to see na, yeah, podcasting can be a legit market and it can be lucrative. So let me take a st- step back here and answer another previous question that you had, which was, do I make money out of the podcast? Um, very little, like sobrang, sobrang little talaga. Uh, because for one thing, the podcast, that, uh, my, my two podcasts, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, and On Deck, which is a podcast about radio personalities. They're both very niche. When I say niche, uh, they're not general topics that everybody can get into, like self-help or sports. Uh, not, not even sports, eh? like self-help or uh, general pop culture or like entertainment or whatever. Um, re- wrestling itself is such a small niche of a market. Right? Let's say... Uh, your entire market is 100 out of 100 people. Ilan ba talaga yung wrestling fans who want to listen to a podcast about wrestling? Three, five people, very little, very very small, uh, a very small chunk. So that that has always been our challenge in terms of like getting sponsors and whatever. 
So that's why uh, as much as I want to make money out of podcasting, it's really difficult for it to be my full-time income. And that's why it's not my full-time job. Uh, but, but I'm really lucky and we're really lucky that uh, I, I'm really lucky that the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast was one of the OG podcasts that Podcast Network Asia picked up. So the way I explain how Podcast Network Asia works is it's basically like a recording label. And they sign artists and they help you with production, pre-prod, post-prod, getting guests and all that. So uh, they also help with sales and marketing, packaging the podcast, branding it. You know, lo- lots of really good work that the people at Podcast Network Asia put in. And I'm, I'm proud to say we're part of the largest podcast network in the Philippines. And they've really uh, done a lot of work to help hook us up with sponsors. So now, you know, uh, six or seven years into the podcast, we have ad reads now, which is something I never thought was possible. Because that day, we would just joke around and mess around and create our own ad reads that would spoof the ad reads we'd hear in other podcasts. Or I would play old commercials that I would be playing on the radio. And I would get the old files because it's the campaign, right? And I'd just sneak it into the podcast just to crack myself up and to crack up the listeners to see who's really listening and it's a halfway point. And they'll be, they'll be like, oh, yung, ano, the... Uh, the old uh, jingle ng ano, uh, uh, Compañero Brandy. So yeah, there. It's like, I, I love the theme song or the jingle of the Compañero Brandy commercial. And I would just play it there just to, you know, uh, make myself laugh and make the listeners laugh. But now we have legit commercials, so we can't do that anymore. So, you know, that, uh, that, that helps because, remember, in the time of the pandemic, pandemic budget tayong lahat, diba? So every little bit helps. Uh, so yeah, um, there are podcast networks that have begun to be established in the Philippines. And I think this is a very big first step towards um, professionalizing podcasting and really showing advertisers that uh, you know, there's another medium out there that you can reach. I actually got into it earlier. Uh, if, um, I think right around your first question, I was able to tell you some of the things that, uh, some of the opportunities that have opened for me because of podcasting. Uh, for one, when we started uh, the podcast back when we used the old name, the SGP podcast, uh, the wrestling scene here in the Philippines was also just beginning to start. So that was the time that uh, a group of very passionate wrestling fans here in the Philippines decided that they wanted to start their own company. So they formed PWR or Philippine Wrestling Revolution. And by mid-2013, they were already gearing up for their very first show. And that was around the time that our podcast had begun as well. We were beginning to hit our first stride, learning our chemistry, learning how we operated. And they they figured, hey, there's a podcast that talks exclusively about wrestling. Maybe they can promote PWR. So, so they talked to us. They reached out. And we had some of the very first PWR wrestlers on as guests for interviews on the podcast. And after developing a relationship with them, we attended the very first show. Kami ni Ro, uh, dalawa pa lang kami nun. We attended the very first show and we realized, parang may potential dito. Ah. And parang, you know, th- those guys who came out of the curtain, out of a very small locker room, w- to their own entrance music, they looked like they really had fun. And we couldn't help but feel like, we want to be a part of that. So, uh, you know, a-, a couple of months down the road, somebody talked to us Yung, yung president at the time talked to us and said, uh, or talked to me and said, would you like to uh, be part of PWR as the general manager? So that wasn't 
meant to you know make me a manager a god in the company in real life but you know to appear as the character of the general manager and i was like do i get to wear a suit and have my own entrance music and he's like yeah and i'm like all right i'm in so you know ganu kadaling kausap si ro naman uh sorry si ro naman had already intended to start training to be a wrestler so that was his way in like having known already some of the people they were able to tell him all right just go to this this training facility and uh we'll start training on this day so yon and then see si raf camus our third uh, co-host he uh he joined us as a ring announcer because Union time na PWR also needed a new ring announcer. So yun, um, that's how Ro, Camus, and myself all became part of PWR. And that came from the podcast. Another opportunity that I touched on kanina was yung TV show. So um, fast forward to 2015, uh, we were interviewing a couple of local wrestlers from PWR, mga kasamahan namin. And while we were doing the podcast, Uh, one of our friends from Magic 89.9, her name is Jam, Jam Alas. Uh, she's a DJ as well. She texted me and said, hey, Boys Night Out is talking about PWR. And we were like, oh, wow. Uh, why? Like, we, uh, it had been a while since our previous show. Our next show wasn't for another few weeks. And we were recording at Mellow, which is on the same corridor as Magic. Because same building, same floor, same corridor in two stations. So we hit pause on recording. And all four of us left the studio and went to Magic. And we hung out and kumaway lang kami sa labas. And then one of them noticed us. I think it was, uh, if it wasn't Sam YG, it was uh, Jojo, the Love Survivor. They were like, Uy, ito yung mga nasa wrestling ah. Uh, for, for some reason, he recognized us. And they took a commercial break. They opened the door. They let us in. And that's how I got to meet BNO. Uh, they put us on air, random on-the-spot interview. And we just talked about PWR on, you know, on the radio for a bigger audience. And then one of the people who introduced himself to me afterward was one of their guests. And he was the head of programming of Fox in the Philippines at the time. And I looked at his business card and it said, Rohit Tarani, that's his name, Rohit Tarani, head of programming. And I was like, you're the guy I've been waiting to meet for quite a long time because I knew that Fox was the uh, broadcast partner of WWE at the time. So I literally did an elevator pitch and I said, uh, can I just have five minutes of your time right now before you go home? I just need to pitch you something which I think could be something that your, your local wrestling audience would like. So I pitched it to him. I said, we have a podcast where we just talk about wrestling. We just geek out and fanboy about it. What if we turn that into a TV show? And then I had pegs to show him, which was The Starters uh, on NBA TV. So that used to be a show, right? Uh, it started as a podcast then, The Basketball Jones. Sina J.E. Skeets, Tas Melas, diba? uh, their, their group. And they turned it into a TV show called The Starters. So I was like, if they can do that, why can't we? So one that elevator pitch turned into a meeting. And then one meeting led to another meeting, to another meeting, to another meeting over uh, pizza and beer and all that. And then we ended up with The Wrestling Gods, which was a show that ran for two seasons on Fox. So... Yeah, uh, so we, you know, we were talking about wrestling the way we wanted to talk about wrestling, which was like, yung parang may pagka fanboy, pero uh, may, may konting intellectual talk din na parang, okay, w- uh, what's the business implication of like this move? Wow. Or if AJ Styles was really gonna head to WWE, what does that mean for the pro wrestling landscape? Yung mga ganun, like we really treated it like a sports show. And we were just wearing our wrestling t shirts, you know, we were 
uh, we were geeking out because we also had fun segments where we would play games, we'd be like, uh, guess the wrestler, uh, and then we'd play an entrance entrance theme song, parang ganon. So th- that was super fun. Uh, we you know, we did it for two seasons. Uh, we're still friends with a couple of the producers who worked with us on the show. Uh, so even if you know na cancel siya ultimately, uh, we had fun. And the second season, we went from a show that was running on zero budget to having a little bit of budget na nabayaran na kami for the work that we did for writing the segments, producing them, uh, being the hosts, obviously, and coming up with with the show as a whole. So that was, parang for me, that was such a big career achievement. Achievement, because that was my first paycheck in TV. So there's that. Um, other career opportunities that came from the podcast, siempre. Um, I I learned how to edit. I learned how to you know, tinker with audio production, which really came in handy when I took on bigger responsibilities at at Mellow uh, in 2015 and 2016. And until now, like when I'm when, when I'm doing voice work or when I'm doing. Uh, other creative endeavors, yung skills that I picked up from editing editing the podcast all by myself in 2014, 2015, still paying off. And uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the connection to WWE, the fact that I have a working relationship with them, it started because I built my brand on pro wrestling. And pro wrestling uh, and the podcast on pro wrestling led to the TV show, led to PWR, and just you know me associating my brand talaga with with wrestling. So there. Yeah, um, uh, it seems to me that uh, it's been a roller coaster because, uh, for example, uh, it's you podcast, you become a podcaster, and then a TV show host, and then all of the opportunities that it it has given you, and. Uh, one would say it's uh, it's not a, it's not a stable job, but it's a fun job that which you love, right? Yeah, I love it. I, I love what I do. I love that I'm able to um, really capitalize on my branding in pro wrestling. But yeah, you said it yourself. Uh, um, it, it's not as stable as I'd like it to be in the sense that hindi naman lagging my WWE event in the Philippines, like, uh, and because of that, hindi rin lagging my promotional tour of a WWE wrestler here in the Philippines. So I can't just rely on that for, for, my, for my income. Diba? I have to eat as well. I have bills to pay. You know? So I, uh, this is why I do other jobs. Um, radio is probably the most steady uh, thing I have going on and it has been for the last decade. Uh, but because radio uh, is only one part of my day, it's not my entire day, I'm able to do so much more. Uh, one of them is voice acting, which I've begun to really take more seriously over the last couple of years. Because uh, my schedule opened up because I had less responsibilities at Wave than I did to me- uh, at Mellow. Um, I also have a different time slot now. Sa Mellow, kasi I used to go on air 4 to 8 p.m. Now it's uh, 7 to 10 a.m. So after 10, I'm basically free to do whatever I want. So if I want to have a, an off day and just rest, puede. But you know, preferably my project so i'm able to go to recording studios and production houses to record i'm able to take on projects to write so um in 2018 i i remember i'd do radio then i'd go home to eat lunch and rest then i would uh go go to araneta or the moa arena to watch uaap games and write about it so i i really enjoyed that um siyempre pag may hosting events even better because that's where the real money's at yeah, uh, there's a one thing uh, about you that I was surprised about because um, the, the most of that you mentioned is about uh, talking, verbal uh, skills. But then you have uh, you 
uh, you, you're a writer. Uh, how did that happen? Writing is a very important uh, skill and passion to me. Like I've been writing since I was eight or nine years old. Uh, and you know, it started when I uh, when I came across Junior Inquirer. I'm not sure if you remember Junior Inquirer, but it used to be released on Saturdays ata or Sundays, and then they flipped the days. So it was always either a Saturday or a Sunday. And meron yung ane yung letters to the editor. So as you know, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, sobrang inquisitive, I would just write letters to the editor because I wanted to ask questions. And uh, the the bigger takeaway was I wanted to see my name printed on the newspaper. And I would see all these random kids, like they would send in their names, uh, their letters and their names would be on the newspaper. It's time because, oh, he's also eight years old. He's also nine years old. So why can't I? And then I think the, the moment it really clicked for me was when my own classmate, who eventually became my high school kabarkada, had a letter of his own in Junior Inquirer. And I was like, now I really got to get on this thing. So you know, I, I wrote and then from, from there, I kept following and I saw an ad where they were looking for junior correspondents. So these were children that they would take in, they would train them how to write, as in you would write news and you, or you would write feature articles and they would assign you. Like I got assigned to, to write articles in places, like, uh, in places like the Quezon province to cover, to cover festivals there, local festivals. I, I covered events like um, there was this science festival where yung cactus na plant, they turned it into juice. So there's actually an issue of the Junior Inquirer with my face on the front page as I'm taking a sip of cactus juice. And then the article I wrote was on the front page. So that was a highlight. And you know, I, I basically got my first paychecks as a kid writing for Junior Inquirer. And um, writing was something I kept doing in school. Uh, I, I was part of the school paper, both in grade school and high school. And then somewhere along the way, I kind of got discouraged and disincentivized from writing. I think it was in college because I took up this creative writing course as one of my general education subjects. And it was a creative writing course on poetry. But the, the, the prof wasn't very encouraging. That was very, very stiff she in, in, in how she gave feedback and the types of output she wanted. Like, I guess for me, what was creative wasn't as creative for her or something. But, but I just remember feeling so discouraged after taking that class and getting a pretty low grade. Imagine first year, first sem, tas biglang, uh, yung uno is the highest grade. Diba? And I think I got like a, a dos or a 2.5 or something. I was so discouraged. I was like, screw it. I'm not going to write anymore. This is not fun for me anymore. Because you know, my fragile ego couldn't take the rejection or being told that you're probably not good enough. So I took a break for a long time, a good three years. And then I met, uh, I met Ro Moran, who you know, is my co-host on the podcast. And uh, we were in this creative writing class where we wrote comic books. As in, we wrote manuscripts for comic books, which was super fun. Um, it was under Professor Emil Flores from uh, UP College of Arts and Letters. So that really just reignited my love for writing. And then C. Rowe was already writing for wrestling websites in the U.S. And yun, parang, parang yung classmate ko from, from grade school, na-inspire ako na if this guy who is basically in the same class as I am can do this, why can't I? So I started writing, writing again. And uh, I, I got myself published on different websites as a freelance writer. Uh, I ended up writing for NBA.com Philippines, for Sports Illustrated Philippines, for Billboard Philippines, 
uh, Scout Magazine, Multisport.ph, Noli Soli. I, I, I basically gotten myself published on different websites since. And it was all because I just got exposed to people who were really good writers who were kind of like me. Nah, you know, parang if if this person from the Philippines can write about these things for an international audience, why can't I? And then yun over time, practice that and just writing, 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 and and uh, really using that skill. Um, that that's how I was able to parlay that into another one of the many uh, things I find myself doing. Uh, I've noticed that uh, in the in your initial uh, the first parts of your career, uh, you were very. Uh, High risk, uh, a high risk taker, for example, and that uh, opened up opportunities for you. But um, now it you you found yourself in a very comfortable position where uh, uh, being in the morning takeover uh, is is a little uh, is more stable. But then it also allows you to. Uh, find more opportunities because you don't have to worry about having a primary income because you already have and but it gives you the time enough to even focus on other projects no sorry I'm gonna correct you there bud because um, even radio itself is not a stable source of income like if you're gonna tell someone uh, you're gonna be a radio DJ and you're just gonna have to survive on the salary of a radio DJ alone dude that is not enough okay. <laughs> let, let me tell you that um, Medyo joke na nga siya or running joke na nga siya at this point among people who've ever been in radio na you're never gonna survive on a radio DJ salary kasi wala, that, that's just really how the industry is and it's kind of sad considering na not everyone can be a radio DJ like you have to know how to talk you have to know the music you have to know how to operate the things in the booth and you have to you have to know stuff you can't just talk out of your butt you have to know stuff so in, in it makes me sad na um, there, there's still that misconception on the lead radio DJ laway lang puhunan mo. No, that's not the case. Uh, you, know, um, you have to have like a certain level of life experience or exposure to so many different things or, or real education for you to be able to responsibly talk about these things on a platform. Because when you're on the radio, when you're on air, um, hindi lang naman ikaw yung sa sarili mo eh. You're broadcast to thousands of people, especially when your station is bigger. But the bigger your station is, the bigger your platform is, and you have to use that responsibly. So the fact that we're not compensated um, as as much as we would like, considering the uh, the gravity of our responsibility as public servants, as broadcasters, parang may, may disconnect lang. So there, uh, that that's my mini rant on that. Uh, that's why. As a radio host or as a radio DJ, a lot of us have side gigs. Maraming side gigs. Hindi lang pwedeng isa lang din. I mean, good kung isa lang. Like if you have a full-time job on top of your radio radio work, good for you. Because that's enough to sustain you. Like for, for a while, that was the case with me. I had a full-time job in an office in Makati on top of my, my radio work. You know, But for a lot of us, that's why we take on so many different projects. Mm-hmm. Uh if if that's the case then it's it, it's sort of a tragedy because uh your 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 uh what you call um radio hosts are very highly technical when it comes to skills and uh, those skills are very rare when it uh when well in the in the Philippines as well and so i guess that you sh- you guys should be more be more paid you know 
And uh, one question I would like to ask is, um, that seems a bit discour- discouraging for people who actually uh, have dreamed to become a radio host. Uh, what what does it mean for them? Okay, sure, 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 sure. Um, well, first off, I'm sorry if it seems like it's discouraging. I didn't mean for it to be. It was it was really more of a reality check. Because, um, well, for me, I knew what I was getting myself into. But that's not the case for everybody, right? Um, not everybody really knows that, oh, okay, this is the reality of the radio industry. I, I guess I just didn't want to glamorize it too much because there are so many misconceptions about any industry for that matter. Uh, and, and for us, the misconception is, oh, you guys work in radio. You get paid so much. You get so many freebies. And dami mong artista friends. That's not true at all. Not for all of us. Uh, so yun, um, I, I don't want to discourage people. If you love radio and if you really want to do it, then go do it. But don't do it for the money because the money is um, the money won't come again. You're gonna have to earn it, and you earn it by making yourself or by improving yourself to get to a point where if you are established enough as a professional, as a really good host, as a personality that people can plan their brand and their marketing around, then uh, you can get hired for for gigs, for events, for campaigns. That's where, the, that's where the real money is. So yun, that's what I'm trying to say. Na, uh, simula, wala talaga eh. That's just the reality of it. But if you, um, if you excel and if you make the right connections and you play your cards right. So what, one, last, one last question is, what would be your advice to those who are new to podcasting right now with all your veteran knowledge? out there in the world uh, being one of the first uh, podcasters in the Philippines uh, yeah, that, that's very generous for you to say that um, I'm, I'm an OG or I'm a veteran because on the rest of podcast we just joke about being OGs um, I wouldn't even say that we're the OGs in podcasting in the Philippines or among them because even before us there were already other other shows that were converting themselves into podcasts or giving it a try. Um, we were just lucky enough that we were persistent and that we were able to keep each other accountable as co-hosts. Now, hey, we got a uh, who has a mic and can record, can record their own podcast. You know, it's, it's a great thing. And uh, my advice or, or yeah, um, my advice from uh, the time I've spent doing this, wait mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I had to stifle a burp there. Um, my advice for anybody who wants to get into podcasting or is just starting their journey out like yourself and wants to keep doing it is to keep doing it. Consistency. Uh, nothing will kill a podcast more than a lazy host or a lazy producer. Somebody who will be like, ah, okay, uh, I, I had my debut. Okay, um, it's really on you to, to keep plugging away to put in the work to figure out your identity as both a host and as a podcast. Like um, that's something that you'll probably not be able to figure out at the God because nothing is perfect. But unless you're like a super established personality already heading into it, like Bill Simmons, like he already already had a branding. So when he started his podcast, people already knew who he was. Right? Um, when he restarted it on the ringer rather, because he already had that following from ESPN. 
for, for the rest of us who don't have the name value of a Bill Simmons or a Mo Twister or the Morning Rush, um, it, it's really just doing it and and testing things out, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. You know, you'll never know until you try. So that's that's how you improve and that's how you figure out your your branding and what your podcast is all about. Because the wrestling wrestling podcast as it is, it's now an interview show. You know, we we always try to find guests to talk to, to hang out with, and to talk about the wrestling fandom. But when we started, it was basically commentary. It was me and Ro talking about the weekend wrestling and talking about what we thought of Raw and SmackDown and everything that was happening on TV until we finally got guests. And then now, you know, that's kind of what people expect from us. Now, we've got guests on the show or now we're their weekly watering hole because we're all stuck at home, right? So this is our friends and our listeners and the little community we've built. So there. It's a bit much, but I, I think it's worked for me. And... If that's something I can share with with you and with the listeners, then I hope that yeah, it's Awesome. And uh, Stan, thank you so much for being on my show. And uh, I'm looking forward to re- meeting you in real life. But uh, you'll you'll just stay as an inspiration that uh, I will uh, hope to become as well. Someone who is very entrepreneurial, someone who has flexibility in a lot of uh, areas in even in just the workplace and also just an awesome person, you know? <laughs> uh, thank you for your kind words. Really appreciate it. You know, um, I, I, you know, the, the world just needs people to be kinder. Uh, you were asking about philosophy earlier and I think uh, um, this is as philosophical as I'm able to get because I'm admittedly not super philosophical. Um, but, you know, the world just needs to be kinder to everybody. And I guess my way of trying to uh, spread that kindness is by... Uh, helping share what I've learned and if that helps you on your journey if you end up being more successful than I am because of something that I was able to teach you then that's good for you good for me and good for the industry because at least something I learned was able to help somebody if not me so uh, is there anything you want to plug um, Stan? yeah uh, if you, if you want to check out my work you can listen to my radio show called The Morning Takeover on Wave 89.1, Monday to Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. So I host that alongside my good friend and my partner, Debbie Ten. Uh, I also host the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast, as we talked about on the show. Um, we do our episodes live on Facebook and on Kumu Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We talk wrestling pretty much for an hour, an hour and a half. And if you want to drink with us, that's fine too. Uh, go go follow us on Kumu, by the way, at Wrestling Wrestling Pod because we've got some prizes and freebies to give out on the show. And we can't wait to give out our prizes, which include an iPad as a grand prize. So that that's something I'm psyched for. I've got another podcast on Podcast Network Asia called On Deck. And I'm uh, I'm I'm coming back from a quick hiatus. So um, the next episode should be out sometime next week. And I'll be talking to veteran voice actor Robbie Joseph, who is a uh, a pioneer in the industry because he is one of the founders of Vocal Alliance, which is an organization that uh, seeks to professionalize and standardize the voiceover industry. So we're going to talk about that on uh, on my radio podcast and for. Uh, all the other work that I'll be doing, uh, you can check out my Twitter and my Instagram at underscore Stan C. Uh, my interview with Drew McIntyre that is online or, or that should be online by the time this podcast goes up on Tap Tap Ghost Facebook page. So there, that that's about it. So that's the end of it. 
Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr. And thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank